and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, I'm happy to be here today to continue our series on the biblical blueprint for the home, part two. And this morning, I want to continue as we uh, talk about the blueprints. I, I remember as a kid growing up, my parents, uh, see, they had their home built back in the 60s where they live, where they still live to this day. And I remember pulling out this drawer as a child, and it was uh, in the kitchen, and there was the set of blueprints for my parents' house. Remember that, Reuben? And I would pull that out. Every now and then I would pull that out and I would just look and as a child I didn't understand what the blueprints meant. I just liked the pretty straight lines and the measurements and you know one quarter inch equals one foot. I didn't understand what that meant and later when I took mechanical uh, drafting classes and, and I started to appreciate that more but I used to look at it and say this caused this building to happen and it used to just fascinate me that a blueprint that could be drawn up and then now you have this building and that we lived in and so what we touched on last week is that we need to have a blueprint or a foundation for our lives amen and let's let's remember this it's God's design all right it's not my design it's not Foothill Christian American Canyon's design but it's God's design for you your family. Amen. Because here's here's the great thing. If we follow the blueprint of God's laws and and I was thinking about this this morning as I mentioned it to somebody, I said, "Imagine I look back at my life and say, if I would have done this as a young person, as a young adult and followed this blueprint, which is his word, imagine all the heartache we could have we could have just not had to gone through. You know what I mean? Anybody can relate to that here this morning? Imagine all the heartache that you would have been spared from. And I look back and think, I didn't have a clue to what I was, what I was doing. And then even later, as I did have a clue, I still was stubborn and wanted to do it my way. When God ultimately says, this is the way right here. He, what does Jesus' words declare in John 14? I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say he was a way. He didn't say he was a truth. He didn't say he was a life. He says he's the truth. So I'm sorry, people, if, if you run into somebody that says, well, that's a little bit just judgmental, that's a little bit narrow-minded, hey, listen, those were Jesus' words, not mine. I'm just the messenger telling you what he said. And so again, if we build our foundation, our foundation in our home, in our family, based on God's word, God's favor and blessings will be upon you. It will go well with you. Can I get an amen? Amen? Let me uh, have you stand with me this morning as we read from Psalm 120. I want to read the first five five verses um, there. And uh, if you'll stand with me for the reading, Psalms 127, verses 1 through 5, and we have it up on the screen for you as well. Let me read this. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. 
Verse 2, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Verse 4, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And let us pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we invite your presence again here, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, as we open our hearts to your word. I pray that, God, that you give us an understanding of how we are to manage our households, how we are to build upon the foundation that you have given us, Lord, today. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Again, foundation. Nothing more important than that. Nothing more important than that. How many here have ever built a house? Raise your hand if you've ever taken part in building a house. Okay. There's a few of you here. Yeah, you've built a house. And you start with the very foundation. You don't put the roof on first. You don't put up the walls first. You build the foundation. And the foundation is the most secure part of the home. The foundation, because we live in an area where it's known for the propensity of earthquakes, you have to have your house bolted down to that foundation. How many know that? And you need to look at your house, make sure it's actually bolted down. If it's not, you need to call somebody, all right, to fix that house. But most modern construction now has their house bolted to the foundation. In other words, whatever comes, it's not going to tear that house off its foundation. Do you get that picture? No matter what comes, no matter how, how strong that earthquake is, you might get damage on the inside, but your structure, your foundation is going to remain when it's bolted securely. And in the same vein, we need to apply that to our home, to our spiritual life. See, so the last study, last week we discussed the foundation of the home. Today, we're going to talk about um, the principles in, in building this spiritual home that I want each of you to, to work on. What was the connection question this morning? Anybody remember? God is still working on me. God is still working on each of you today. You're not a done, finished product. So don't beat yourself up when you fall short, when you don't do what you set out to do, when you uh, you know, gave promises to the Lord and said, I'm going to do this this week, this month, this year, and then you find yourself falling short. Don't beat yourself up. God is not done with you. He's still working on you. And if, as long as that continues to be a desire in your heart, Lord, help me to, to do this better. Help me to, to be a better uh, mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, uh, brother, sister, with your help. Then keep uh, working towards that. Amen? Amen? So again, the home, once it's complete and established, once God has given you this foundation, what you have in a home is really a fortress. This is the word I want to key in on today, a fortress. Isn't it great when you go home on some of these hot days? To, yesterday got a little warm. I had my air conditioning on, and I went outside at one point, and I'm like, 
hey, it's nice inside my house right now. I went back inside and, and I decided to take a nap. And I took a nap for about 10 minutes and it felt great. And on some of those wintry days, it feels good to come inside your house. And I have a, a fireplace, a wood-burning fireplace. And I light my wood fireplace. And it feels good to be in the house. When I hear the wind, when I hear the rain, when I hear the elements hitting the house, I feel secure. Here, that's my fortress. I don't have a huge house, um, but it's a fortress to me. In your house, in the same way, is a fortress to you and your family, protecting you from the elements. Amen. That's what a biblical house that's that's built on the foundation of our Lord and Savior has. It should be a a, a fortress for your home. Amen. So, what does a fortress do? Well, number one, it keeps the enemy out. It keeps the elements out. It exists for your protection. That's what a fortress does. Typically, you, you come in and you shut those doors and it's a security. It's a, there's a perimeter around there. That's your fortress. You can, nobody can now come in because you're now secure inside that fortress. And that's what the potential of your home should be. It should be a fortress. If it's not already, it should be this. So let's take a look at that in your outlines. Uh, Point number one, and I want to look at this. The potential in the home. The potential in the home. Everybody say potential. Potential. That's a powerful, powerful word right there. All of you have potential today for many things, but today I want to focus in on this uh, fortress within the home, and each of you have this potential to build this in your own home for the safety of everyone in there. Here's the thing. Solomon is given credit for writing this psalm. Psalms were written by David, by, by Solomon, and various others. Solomon, though, is given credit for writing this particular psalm. And here he talks about the vanity of a home built apart from God. The very first scripture, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. In other words, what he's trying to convey here is you're just wasting your time building your house without God in it. If God is not in your house, it's a waste of time. That's right. It's a, amen. And it's up to us, each of us, to put God number one in our life. And last week I, I mentioned that sometimes you walk into a house and, and in the Hispanic culture it's very common. In fact, it's very rare if you don't see this, a home with the Last Supper painting there somewhere. Anybody ever been into a, a Hispanic home knows what I'm talking about. You'll see a painting of the Last Supper. Uh, I don't have one in my house. Because I saw one growing up in everybody's house like that. I didn't want one like that. I want other things, but not that painting. And so, um, but, but see, my point is that by those paintings or things that people would put up on their wall, they try to say, well, yeah, see, I identify, but that's the extent of it. That was it. That was it. I would go into relatives' homes, and that was as close to the Word of God they ever got, was that painting of the Last Supper. Because their lifestyle sure didn't live it. Their, their, their belief, they couldn't even quote a single word. They couldn't take you to the book of Genesis, to the book of Revelation. They had no idea where it was. So don't be like that, is my point. Um, rather, let's live it. Let's, let's build a foundation, amen? Yeah. So we see this. By, by laboring in it. So in your outline, I have three points there. Labor, protection, and then satisfaction. So we labor. 
we, we build the house with God's help. Amen? We build it with God's help. God is the one that builds it. See, many today don't follow this foundational principle. And I'm going to tell you right now, I feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you. Because if you don't put God at the forefront of your home, I, it's already, I can already see what's going to happen. I already know, and, and you know what's going to happen when you don't put God in your life. You'll see, you see the train, it's the train wreck. It's coming, and you see it, and you're right over here, and you see it, and it's coming. And sure enough, it's going to come, and eventually it's going to hit. And you're standing back watching all this happen. That's the saddest thing to see is, is, is a train wreck ready to happen. And here, my point this morning is that I want to convey to you, each of you, to have a desire in your heart to make your home a spiritual fortress. To pass that on to your children, to pass that on to your grandchildren, to pray for your your children and your grandchildren, to pray for those that don't know the Lord in their homes. Amen? Amen. See, many don't ever consult the Lord when building their home. Many, um, they'll they'll get together, they'll they'll find the love of their life, but the Lord isn't even a, a thought. You know, and that's kind of what I was referring to when I was younger. I wish I could have made choices knowing the Lord back then and being spared the grief that comes later. You know, every one of us have stories like that to share where we had to go through things that the Lord shows us because of our stubbornness, because of our sin. And so, again, if we would only put God number one. If we would only put Him as number one, amen? And then, here, here's the thing. As, as life is going, these people that refuse to put God number one, they wonder why they're in the mess they're in. They wonder why they're in the mess they're in. And it's just like the train wreck. I could have told you that. I could have told you that. And, and that's what coming to church is all about. It's not to try to force you to live a certain way. It's really to try to help you understand God has declared these principles in His Word that make living life so much better for you. That it will go well with you when you follow these principles. It's not about do's and don'ts. It really isn't. And, and I'm sorry if, if you feel that way. Those that may be here, those that are listening on SoundCloud.com, Look up Pastor Rick M. And you'll find me there. A little plug for that. But I'm, I'm sorry if that's what you feel, that it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. It really isn't. My desire, again, is for each of you to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and to have His blessings poured out in your home. Amen? You know, here's, here's the thing. Solomon, Solomon declared that we need to make the Lord the Lord of our, of our lives, the Lord of our homes. Let's you and I do that together. Amen? We need to have God involved in every facet of our lives. It can't just be here on Sundays. It cannot just be on Wednesdays if you come on Wednesdays. It cannot be. If it's that... There's a train wreck that's going to happen. I promise you there's a train wreck happening. It's going to happen if it's just on a Sunday. We don't live for God on a Sunday. We live for God every day. We just rejoice together with other believers on this day. Amen? Lord, help us and grant us a desire to live for you. If you want a prosperous and godly home, allow God to be the master builder. 
a master builder, the master craftsmanship. Anybody ever seen some wonderful homes, some beautiful homes? We live in an area where there's some beautiful homes in our surrounding areas, especially in the Napa Valley. Um, there's some beautiful, beautiful homes I've been in. I remember when I worked as, a, as an estimator for my brother-in-law's construction business, we would go do some bids on some amazing homes, and it's like, wow, this is really a fortress, a palace, and, and all that, and you know, it was nice, and, and there was craftsmanship. There was things built that you would never see anywhere else because of the money that was involved in that. They hired people that were, that were great in their trades, and they would create this awesome work. But imagine the Lord doing that in your life. How much more is the ultimate craftsman going to do in your life? How much more can he, can he prosper your home and, and build your home into what he desires it to be? Amen? Aren't you sick and tired of trying to do it on your own? Aren't you sick and tired of trying to manage it on your own? At some point, you have to say, Lord, I'm building this in vain. It's just ridiculous. I need to look to you to build my home, to, to help me in this. Amen. And so it takes him, the Lord, to build it. It's not you. He's going to use you, but it's ultimately the Lord that will build it. He provides the labor. Amen. Amen. And then the next point we have is protection. The, the verse goes like this. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Here Solomon is speaking about the city, the entire city. But the, the, the principle remains the same. He, he, what he's saying here is that uh, this principle applies to our home as well, our spiritual life, our spiritual home. We often give, as parents, we often give little thought to the Lord sometimes when we're building, when we're, when we're uh, raising a family, when we're struggling. We often give the, the Lord little thought, amen? We, uh, we assume things. We assume that my hard work, my, uh, you know, my, my spouse will be able to help out, and, or this or that, that, and we leave God out of the picture. We need to make sure He's number one in our lives. Amen? Amen. We, we sometimes can even assume that our marriage is going to remain strong just because it's strong at this moment. Let me tell you here, and we have people here that have been married for many, many years. It's work. Maintaining a marriage is like maintaining a home. It takes work. There will be times like this. There will be times that your man needs to go to man camp. There will be times that your woman needs to go to a woman's conference. And you gladly say, yes. Right? And that's all healthy and great. But I'm here to tell you, it takes work. It takes work. So we can't take and assume and take things for granted. Amen? Amen. In fact, if our families enjoy anything of value, it's because of God's goodness and His grace. And again, if we put Him number one, if we're involving Him in our household from the get-go, His goodness and grace will follow you all the days of our life and of your life. But if you omit Him, He's a gentleman. He will never force Himself into your home. He will never force Himself into your relationship. He wants you to desire Him. Amen? Amen. Our blessing and security within the home is from the Lord. You see that fortress I mentioned a moment ago? That's the blessing and security the Lord gives you 
when you have a home built upon Him. Amen. You don't have that same blessing and security, you know. And here, I'm just going to state this here. Uh, last year, I had my neighbor broken into. We have no control. You know, people, as, as a rule, don't have control over who, break, who gets broken into and who doesn't. Although I do know this, God's hedge of protection is upon me. My next door neighbor got broken into, broad daylight, broad daylight. And I know I have God's protection of holy angels at every corner of my property, just like each of you do too. And you need to pray that prayer because we live in a day and age where there's thieves and robbers. They're not afraid of daytime. They're not afraid of security cameras. They look right at the security cameras and challenge you to do something about it. That's how bold they are nowadays. So... I pray, you know, Lord, keep us safe. And I pray that, and I trust in God that He's going to provide for me with security. When I'm home asleep with my family, I'm trusting God to protect me. I'm not up worried going, where's my bat? Where's my gun? You know, I'm not worried about that. I know where all that stuff is at, but I am trusting in God. Amen? I'm trusting in Him. I believe our homes are our fortresses within the world. It's that one place that we can all go and that we should all be able to go and feel welcomed, loved, and accepted. Amen? In your fortress, which you call your home, you should be able to feel accepted, loved, welcomed. Amen? And if you're not, then uh, you've got issues and we need to talk, All right. But again, a home, if a home is as it should be, it's a place that fosters growth and love growth and love because that's what the Lord wants you to build on. He wants you to build that that love and let it be contagious within your family, amen. And and if we don't cuz here's the thing, I've seen people that build a a fortress upon the Lord and then they forsake the Lord and all that comes crashing down on them. I've seen that happen where you forsake the Lord and all the blessings that were formerly there come crashing down on you. And you know why that is? God wants to get a hold of you. He wants, he's desperately trying to, to shake you and say, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here. Don't go down that path. Build your, your foundation on me. Amen? Amen? Amen. So again, the protection that we have in terms of God is be, when we place Him as number one. We, when we look to Him as our foundation. Amen? Amen? And then thirdly, we have the satisfaction. So... The scripture was saying, hear this, hear this. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he give his beloved sleep. Here Solomon, what he's doing is, he's revealing the vanity of human effort. Of human effort and worry within the home. See, some assume that all that is required for a home to prosper is good old-fashioned hard work, you know, especially our the the older generation. Um, well, it's hard work and, and a good work ethic, and, and that's true. We all need to have a good work ethic. We all need to work hard, but it doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end there. There's much more than that. If, if a home, or let me continue here, if, if we're apart from the Lord, if we're not living for the Lord, what, what do you find? There's no peace and satisfaction in your home. 
It doesn't matter how hard you're working. It doesn't matter how great your work ethic is that they can say at the office, oh man, that, that brother there, that sister, they spend 60 hours of work you know, a week here, 70 hours a week here at work. They have a great work ethic. Yeah, but there's no peace and love at home because they get home and they say, where you been? You're never here. Right? So again, God has to be present in the home. You have to make a place for Him. Amen? Otherwise, all those accomplishments, all those those merit badges, so to speak, that you get at work, all those um, um, you know, great accomplishments that you get from your co-workers and esteemed co-workers, they don't mean anything if you don't have God in your life. We must trust God. Amen? So if, if you're working like this person I'm, I'm using as an example here that's working 70, 80 hours a week, it often and usually generates a greed for more and more and more. See, it's never enough. And, and that may be you. You may be finding yourself on that path where I, I just need to work. You know, if I work 20 hours of overtime every, every pay period, every two weeks, you know, we're great. Well, you know what? You work that 20 hours of overtime, then in another few months, you're going to want 30 hours of overtime. If, you, if that doesn't cut it, you're going to want an additional 40 hours. It's never enough, church. It's never enough. You know, I've often said, here, you know, people are, if I only made more money, if my job only paid me more, that's not the answer to your ills of life. It's not finances. Yes, finances give you a help. It can help you, but ultimately it's trusting in the Lord your Savior, your Lord your God, to supply all your needs. It doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage and working at Walmart. It really doesn't. God's Word says that He will supply all your needs. Amen? Amen. And and so because of that, your prayer shouldn't be, Lord, if I only had a higher paying job. No, Lord, put me in the job you want me to be in. And Lord, I thank you for that job. That should be your prayer. Amen? That is what brings us satisfaction, to know that we're depending on God, now He's blessed us, now He's given us what we need for our life. Amen? Such dependence upon Him gives us peace and a comfort. Gives us peace and a comfort. Solomon here, what he's describing here is, he's declaring that those that seek to build a home apart from God are never satisfied. That's what he's truly saying here. Solomon didn't say their lives were, were void of the same struggles others face in talking about the believers or those that build on the foundation of God. He just says that God would give them rest. See, God is an amazing God. Even though you may go through the same struggles as unbelievers, God is there to give you peace and comfort through those trials. You know, I mentioned to you, I had three friends that passed away within a week. And in fact, I'm doing a funeral tomorrow for one of them. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, you know, just tragedy. Three of them died like that. And all of them, in every single one of them, in their 50s, every single one of them. And way too young to die, way too young to die. And all of them died suddenly. And so, but God can give you peace during that time. It was, it was hard for my coworker when he, to receive that news, but, but God can give you a peace and a comfort that, hey, look, that's, that's the world. These are the dangers that we live with, but God will give us peace through that. But for the unbeliever, where's their peace? Where's their, their struggle is real. The struggle is real of, Lord, 
I have no peace. I have no idea how to cope with this because they can't. They don't know how. But here, that's what the Lord is saying. He gives us a satisfaction when we build on Him, when we make Him the foundation of our, of our lives. Amen? Amen? So the Lord offers satisfaction that the world cannot give. He gives us peace and comfort. Can I get an amen? Amen. And again, it's not, your peace isn't provided by the job you have, by the security you have in your job, by the security of your spouse if you're married, by the security of anybody. It's only provided by the Lord. Let me read to you uh, Philippians 4.11. This one scripture here that I want to read to you. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That, you know how many years, young people, it takes to understand that scripture? I have learned to be content in whatever state I am. This goes back to what I was just saying. But Lord, if I only had more money. Lord, I just graduated uh, you know, uh, from high school, college, and, and I need a good paying job, and, and I can't go to work for McDonald's, and, and, and Lord, I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket right now, and I don't know what's going to happen. The Lord wants you to be content where you're at. The Lord will provide for you, amen? He provides for you. I have learned in whatever state I am, whether I am, I am faced with, with persecution at work, whether I'm faced with persecution out here in this world, whether um, whatever comes, hell or high water, I have learned to be content in the state I am. Amen? Because my, my foundation is on Jesus. Amen? Yes. Amen? Let's go to the prosperity of the home. And this is our second point. The second point is the prosperity of the home. Notice here how Solomon addresses the prosperity that we have that's found within the home. Here in, in the scripture says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is, is his reward. Solomon speaks of the great blessing of children within the home. Isn't it a great blessing when you hear the little pitter-patter of the little you know, toddlers running and then pretty soon they grow up and, and they're running around the house and pretty soon you know, you're learning to be a referee and separating them and, and, uh, and all that. But it's a great sound. It's a great sound. And then when they're not there, for those of you that have children on certain days and other days they're not, and then when you can't hear them, you're longing for them. Amen? I know I've been there. You're longing to hear their little footsteps. Even when they come to visit. And then they, and they go back home. You miss that. That's why the Lord here is saying that it's a blessing. Amen? It's a blessing to have children in your home. Now, children eventually should go away from the home. Amen, parents? They need to find their own place in the world. They don't stay in the home forever. Amen? Amen. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. So here, Solomon is affirming they're a gift from God, a heritage of the Lord. It's a truly a miracle when we, when we have children enter the world. Amen. It's a miracle. It's a blessing from God. Each child born into this world is a result of God's handiwork. Each child, no matter where they came from, no matter what situation, each child is a miracle. Amen. Psalm 139, I want to read these two verses to you. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. 
says this, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Those who are blessed with children have received a gift from above. Amen. How many can count your children as blessings today? That should be every hand here that has children, right? They're a blessing from above. But sadly, here's the sad news, many do not recognize God's hand in their children. We have atheists, we have, we have the uh, abortionists and, and so forth that, that don't appreciate children and the blessing that they are and the hand of God in them. Now, you know, here's the thing, even though some of us may have kids and, and, and have lost them to accidents, there's still uh, a joy that children bring to you. You know, I, my son will always live with me in my heart and in my spirit because of the many blessings I remember, the many memories I've had and shared with him. But, uh, and even through that grief and that period of time, God gives me peace. He gives me comfort to know that one day I shall see him again. So whether you've lost a young one here today, whether you've lost an older child, you shall be comforted, the Bible tells us. And that's a promise from God. Amen? Amen. So the prosperity of the home is found in children. And, and my point here is not to, to add pain to you if you've lost a child, but the point here is that God counts that as a blessing. God counts that as a true blessing in your home. Amen? And then how do we... That was provision. I'm going to go to the the next uh, point here is the instruction. The instruction of our kids. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. And what Solomon is, is saying here is that the blessing of children comes in our responsibility to raise them up to know God. Each of you here as a believer are mandated to raise your kids up in the knowledge of who God is. Amen? Amen. To train your kids. It's not up to you to, to make sure they're in church when they're older as adults. It's your job to teach them about God as young, as young kids. Uh, all of you here taught your kids how to brush your teeth. I have no doubt that you taught your kids how to brush your teeth and how to floss. Why? Because you thought that was important. But yet there's parents that will not teach their kids spiritual values about eternity, about what's more important. Hey, these teeth may come, they may go. I, they, I'll, I'll live without teeth. But when it comes to my spiritual life, I want to know God. I want to have a desire to know Him. I want you to pass that on to your children, that they would grow in the knowledge of who He is. Amen? Amen. So if you're willing to teach your kids to brush your teeth, please teach them the ways of the Lord. Train them up in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Instruct them. Amen? Here the Bible says a mighty man can use his arrows to accomplish great feats. They need to be straight, strong, and well-prepared prior to attaching them to the string of his bow. Time and effort are required on your behalf when you instruct your children. It takes time. I mean, how many of you are like me? Sometimes you you tend to run out of patience with your kids, right? We all do. We get to a point where... Okay, here we go again, you know, or, um, you know, especially with little kids. There's just little issues that are always, you know, me, I don't have the greatest patience in the world. 
That's why I married Anna, who has an abundance of patience. Thank you, Lord, because we balance each other well. And that's a compliment. We, we compliment each other well. But it takes time and effort from both parents to instruct your child. And we have some amazing children in our church. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. <coughs> We truly have some amazing children that I'm so proud of, and I see their lives even at a young age, and I'm really excited about what is God going to do in that young person's life? What is God going to do in that person's life? Amen. So again, um, God's provision, God's provision, God's instruction, He wants us to instruct our children in the ways of the Lord. So when we do this, in, in terms of raising our kids, it, it helps them eternally, right? It gives them eternal perspective even at a young age. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, when, you're, when you have your grandchildren over for a visit, when you have um, an impact, a time to make an impact on them, for example, I'm just going to pick on Irene and Wayne, they, they have their children, grandchildren come and visit them every now and then, or they'll go visit them. That makes such a huge impact on their grandchildren. Just those visits. Those grandchildren, I can promise you, are being impacted by those visits for eternity. They will never ever forget those visits because they're receiving something. They're receiving something that they value. And they may not see it right now at their young age, but they will see it in time. They will see it in time. So grandparents, parents... If your children aren't where they should be, keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. Don't give up. Keep praying for them. And God's hand will continue to be upon them. Amen? Here, one of the great problems or issues that we can have as parents is when our when our children don't turn out the way we thought that they would turn out. When they rebel or when they, they choose other paths that, that uh, we wish they hadn't chosen. Well, you know what? That's life. We're, we're not perfect. Imperfect people in an imperfect world, we're all going to make choices. Amen? All of us are, have made choices in our life for one reason or another. But here's what I do know. This is the promise of God, and all of you have heard the scripture before, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6 and 4 says this, And fathers, provoke not your children in wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. See, this is what I know. If you teach your children at a young age, teach them the ways of God, there may be some, some hiccups along the road. There may be some bumps along the road. But this is what they'll remember. They'll remember this. And eventually, they'll get that train back on the track. They'll get that, that path straightened out. Because they'll never forget what they heard. They'll never ever forget what they heard. Amen? It may seem to you at that moment, they're so far away. I see the train wreck coming. I see it happening. I see it from a distance. But don't forget this. If you've shared with them the Word of God, they'll remember that. They're going to hold on to that in that time of need. Amen? And that's where jubilation and joy enter the picture here. Jubilation. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Full of what? Full of children. If you have many children here today, if God has blessed you with that, 
You should be happy, not depressed, okay? So put a smile on your face today, amen? Amen. Children are a blessing from the Lord. They bring you great joy and satisfaction. I know my life has been forever changed because of my kids. My four kids have transformed my life forevermore because of the joy, the, uh, the love, the experiences that I've gotten to experience with each one of them, as well as my grandchildren. Everyone is special to me, and I have great love for each one of them. And each one of you do too. Each one of you have special moments with each child, I'm sure, that you can remember moments of joy that they just bring to you. Uh, sometimes I'll be at work and I'll think of one of my kids and I'll just, I'll just have a smile on my face. Other times I think of one of my kids, I may have, oh man, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we all go through those times where we, we're, we're, we're just satisfied, we're, we're, we're joyful for our kids. Because they do bring contentment to us as parents. Amen? Amen. Here's, the, here's the thing that we must continue to embrace the ways of God and live our lives even in spite of what we may be faced with. Sometimes, the, you know, we all know this, the enemy is trying to attack our families and our lives every day of our life. If you're a believer here today, know that the enemy is out to destroy your family. And as a result of that, there's broken homes and, and we see the, the strife and the sin that's occurred because of that. But don't lose faith because of that. Don't lose heart because of that. Don't lose heart because so-and-so doesn't like you and so-and-so doesn't talk to you. Don't lose heart. God still loves you. Amen? God still desires a relationship with you. And, and He wants to embrace you. And He wants to say, you know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm going to walk with you through, through life's issues. I'm going to walk with you through the struggles of life. Face an illness, face an adversity, God wants to come around you and just walk with you today. Amen? He wants to bring you joy into your heart and into your spirit today. And that's when you, again, put your heart and trust in Him. Would you do that this morning? Let me, let me ask you this morning one question as we close this morning. Are you following the guidance of the Lord in your heart? For your family today, are you allowing Him to build a home for your family? To build a home for your family. I'm not talking about the physical address that you live at. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the spiritual home. Are you allowing the Lord to build a spiritual home in your life? A fortress that you can get in and, and feel secure, that your kids can feel secure, and that they can look to you as a leader in your home, as a spiritual guide, and say, um, I'm protected because mom and dad are there, and they're praying for me. Do you, do you pray in front of your kids? Do you let them hear you pray? Do you let them see you read the Word of God? Or are they shocked when they see you reading the Word of God? Do they, do they catch you listening to podcasts of sermons online? SoundCloud.com, Pastor Rick M. Do they catch you doing that? Don't let that be a once in a great while. Let that be regularly where your children, your grandchildren can see you doing that. Especially, especially if they can hear you praying for them. That makes such an impact. 
How many here ever heard their parents or grandparents praying for you? Raise your hand if that was you. Did that make an impact upon you? Of course it did. Amen. You'll never forget times like that because you know that they love you and care for you and they're praying to a God that loves you as well for protection, for guidance, for wisdom. So won't you do that and and let the Lord build your life today. Let the Lord build your home today. Make a fortress a spiritual fortress where your kids can feel secure. Your kids can come to you with anything in the whole world and just ask you, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And that's a beautiful place to be, amen?